0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Impactful Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Longstow and me is the other man that is a huge fan of the Impact Wrestling, the great one, Eric. Say hello to everybody.
1: What's up, everybody? What's up?
0: All right. Well, let's get this out of the way real quick, and you know, this is just a continued, you know, um, (laughs) appreciation for the fans. Um, Thank you so much, because for the third straight week, we had really good numbers. Um. So thank you so much for you know downloading the podcast, um, listening to it. Because even though we get people that watch us, some people can't catch us live. So you listen to the podcast. The numbers are still growing. So I'm I'm happy. It hasn't slowed down. So continue. Uh, we continue to thank you, and hopefully that uh that keeps going. Uh, of course, everyone in chat, your boy, uh, get them Jones, Travis. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, let's get right into it, all right? We had a pretty good show last week on Impact Wrestling, Um, and let's get a quick recap of the storylines that were a part of that show, and then we'll get into the review. Right after that, we're going to do a couple of things. Uh, one thing that we're going to do, like an early prediction for 2019, uh, where they're going to be as far as who's going to be the champion, and maybe a little shocker of uh, a, a turn of events. Um, and then we're also going to do the impactful three of the week and a couple of things that came out in the news in the world of uh, impact wrestling. So let's get right into it. It is the uh, recap of last week. On last week's show, Brian Cage started off the show attacking everyone in his path to get to Johnny Impact and get answers on why he wasn't getting the title shot. He found out that Killer Cross was going to be getting his shot on the show that we're going to be covering today. Um, Call Destruction... But later on, he did, he wasn't about <clears throat> another thing. Eddie Edwards lost a match to Ethan Page by DQ when he hit Page with uh, Kenny Kendo. It was a good wrestling match, but it ended up in a hardcore <laughs> fashion. Um, that also prompted Eli Drake to uh, go off on Edwards a- about how he used to be great. Uh, he mentioned all his accomplishments, and then he says, "Ever since you went down that hardcore route, he you know he wants to be the king of hardcore." He hasn't been relevant. He hasn't won any championships. He just hes not the same guy. And he's trying to take him out of it. <clears throat> of course, you had Jordan Grace show with Power Off in the victory over Dark Alley. Um, Cage gets a huge victory over Moose in the longest match of the show, but a really good match. Tessa cuts a promo on Gail Kim, attacked everyone in backstage. Um, when she finally snapped, Gail Kim got involved, and she also was attacked, uh, resulting in her suspension. Uh, we had an incredible victi- victory in the non-tuttle match with uh, Trey Miguel. Um, oh, uh, 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 Rich Swan did. I'm sorry. Sammy Sa- uh, Callahan. I was going to say Sami Zayn. Sammy Callahan came to the ring with an OVE shirt and <laughs> told him to come home. And of course, you had an incredible tag team match with LAX and OVE. LAX gets the victory. But then at the end of the show, they go backstage. They were uh, greeted by uh, Lucha Brothers, where they were there to congratulate them on their victory. And, of course, Ortiz um, at the end of the show with a good line says, if you ever want to catch another ass whooping, let me know, baby. There we go. That's pretty much uh, the recap of last week's show. And we both agreed that it was a pretty good show. Not as good as the first show uh, that they had on Pursuit uh, on Twitch, but it was still, it was close enough. All right. um, Do you have anything to add to before we uh, go on to the review for the new show?
1: No, I think that was basically it.
0: All right, Uh let's get right in, right into it. Uh of course they started off the show with uh, Rich Swan, which they, they kind of do a lot. I realize it's always a good match uh, with uh, starting the show off with uh, Rich Swan. Uh, he was going up against the uh, AAA product Hijo D Del Vicino, uh twenty-one year old. Again, he's uh, part of the AAA promotion because they're in Mexico City. Um, he's also currently the, uh, Triple A Trio's champion. So, you had a guy with a good resume going up against, uh, Richard Swan. I do like the fact they used, uh, talent from down there to, uh, be a part of the show. Um, a great contest between the both competitors, uh, with both of them gaining the upper hand. It's just one of those, uh, it was like a Lucha style. They, it was two different styles, but, I mean, it was a really good match. Entertaining. Uh, you had two close finish, finishes in the match. Uh, Swan put uh, Del Vacino in an unorthodox upside down submission right into a pin for a two count, which I thought was very impressive. Vacino uh, comes off the ropes with a step up and security and Fisherman Buster jackhammer pin for the two count. That was a close finish. That was awesome. And then, of course, after 15 minutes, Swan finally finishes off the young phenom with a 450 splash for the one, two, three. My quick question for you, my friend uh, what did you think of the opening battle on the show?
1: Um, I think it was an excellent match. I think both superstars went back and forth. Um, I think there was one spot where um, uh, El Hijo, the Vikingo, kind of stuttered on uh, the back and forth spot in the beginning. But other than that, I think it was actually a, a a great back and forth match it was a great match to actually be picked to start the show mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it was it was actually great for what they were using it for
0: yeah and i, I like it because <clears throat> you always use like the lo- local town like it reminded me of back in the day with wwe superstars you got the local talent uh the idea is to get the uh you know the main talent over um in this case you were using one of the best guys they had in uh Triple A uh, of course which swan went on top but he, he gave a fight and i think it did great things for both of them um if i was triple mm-hmm. a i would be proud um he took into which swan he put on a good show he showed how aggressive he could be he attacked him uh, early on in the match um i was very excited to see that um it was a very entertaining match and um, yeah, so how do you feel about the, them using the AAA talent?
1: Um, I I like it. I think that it's a good way to continue the working, um, you know, the working uh, relationship they have between the two. So mm-hmm. I think it was an excellent way to continue that and to um to keep that going and to to showcase that talent at the same time because it's hard to keep that going and then still be able to showcase the talent. Um, If, you know, at times that can be hard, so to be able to put that talent, still be able to put that talent over, um, with, you know, even on a loss is a good thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, a lot of people think like if you're burying, you're burying a guy with a loss. No, he did what he had to do. At the end of the day, he's not contract with Impact. They did allow him to be on there, but it wasn't a sw- squash match. It was, it, it gave <clears throat> he actually put a fight. And, you know, he gave him a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no squash about it, and it was an incredible match. And I, uh, the only thing I didn't like, I wish it was longer, <laughs> but I understood it. it was TV, so it did its right. job. It was a great match. It was a good thing to get Richard Swan over. Um, but, of course, after the match, uh, Sam McCallaghan came out with OVE, yet again, with the OVE shirt. And he told Richard Swann to reconsider and come home and join the OVE family. And we've been wondering this for the last uh, couple of weeks, because uh, he's been trying to, you know, get him to join the faction. And, and we were wondering, what's the story? Why Why does he keep saying that? Because there was something there, we just we were waiting for the next chapter of the story. And we, of course, get it because he went on to say that uh, he was Richard Swan's savior. Uh, if he didn't save him, he would still be homeless in Baltimore. He even asked where his family was during that rough time in his life. Uh, Swan mm-hmm. did consider. He grabbed the shirt and then he gave it back to him and said it wasn't the right fit for him and he left the ring. But, of course, as Swan was heading to the back, Sammy told him to think about it because he has given Swan everything he ever needed. Um, later on that night, he was then confronted on the way out of the arena. <clears throat> if the statements, uh, what Sam said was true, and he was confirmed that, yes, it was true. And then he said, that's all he's going to say, and walked out of the arena. Um, it was told in the past about Swan's uh, uh, history, you know, his, his past, uh, especially in the Cruiserweight Classic and WWE. Uh, he mm-hmm. lost both of his parents in an early age. Uh, his father was murdered and then lost his mother four years later. Uh, due to an illness and <clears throat> pardon me he also fell into hard times he, he got uh, addicted to cocaine uh, and, and he was homeless at 18 years old and look where he's at now I mean a true success story um, I mean we all like how sometimes they add real life to the storylines because in my opinion I think they make it better real realism makes everything better how do you feel about them adding the real life story to the storyline?
1: Um, I always enjoy when they add real real life um elements of the story to the storyline because it helps to bring out emotion that sometimes you wouldn't otherwise see in certain restaurants. So I think that a lot of times it's always um, I've never really seen a time that it was a bad thing mm-hmm. when they brought in a real life uh aspect to the storyline.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've seen it, plenty of things over the years. <clears throat> um, you've seen Eddie Guerrero with, you know, Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. um, And Eddie Guerrero, like, he, he brought his addiction uh, in the storyline, too. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is always good because at the end of the day, these guys are humans, and it shows a human element to them. Um, and, of course, the guys that usually, you know, use the, their brings up their past, their horrible past, they're usually to the heal, so <clears throat> it's a good way to get someone heat. Also, sympathy, sympathy for the guy, you know, and again, I mean, this is a true story about him, and look where he's at now, a true success story. I mean, I enjoy every match that Rich Swan has done. Um, He has yet to disappoint me in any match he's been in, and this match definitely didn't disappoint. Alright, um, D Shep says it helps the heel be more of a heel. Yeah, exactly. Because especially when it comes to death, like you've seen the Riot Squad use that WWE with uh, uh Anvil, Nightheart with uh Natalia recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're gonna see that. Of course, people that listen to us, we are live on uh, Twitch Mixer and YouTube. So if you want to catch us, we are live on Tuesdays. So if you listen to the podcast, I'll post the links in the description of the podcast. So make sure you click that link and give us a follow, and you can catch us live and chat with us. Okay, I just want to get that out of the way before we move on to the later on the show. Um, Of course, uh, you got another Triple A versus Impact uh, match, and that was Taya Valkyrie against Kira. Uh, Taya returns to Impact for the first time since the brutal attack from Killer Cross at Homecoming. She finds herself in a non title match and gets a good Triple A talent, Kira. Kira started the match showing off her aggressiveness by attacking Taya from behind. We'll find out that she was a heel later. Uh, she even got a close uh fall on the knockouts champion. But well, Talia Prevailed as she does uh, a surfboard curb stomp and a surfboard camel clutch with a tap out. Uh simple mm. question for you, man. What did you think of the match?
1: Um, I think it was an excellent match. Again, it was one of those matches that um they brought in the local talent, but they actually showcased what uh the that talent from AAA could do. Um mm-hmm. You know, it was an excellent back-and-forth match. Great, great match on both sides. Um, the moment of the match to me was actually that uh, running drop kick that Kira landed in the corner. Um, at mm-hmm. one point, it looked almost like, you know, from one angle, it looked like she really laid into uh, into Taya with that kick. So I think it was excellent on both ends. Um like well, I said, don't really have any complaints. I think the match went was great as far as the back and forth was concerned, mm-hmm. um, and it was a it was you know like we stated, an excellent way to still showcase that uh, talent from AAA at the same time still putting over the talent from Impact. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, again, loss isn't you know uh, always a bad thing, but uh, again, I guess they you know one going in that yeah you're gonna lose to the Impact talent. Yeah, especially Tyra, uh, the Ty, uh, last thing you want is a woman coming back from, you know, just, you know, being attacked by Killer Cross at Homecoming. And that very same mm-hmm. show, she beat uh, 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 uh Tessa Blanchard for the title. To come back and lose, you know, it wouldn't be exactly the best thing. I think it would be a good triumph to have her win her first match back. Now, if she was going to go on and lose a non-title match next week, it wouldn't hurt her any. But this was the best match, and they paired her up with a good talent out of the AAA organization that do the match with her. I thought it was an excellent match. Uh, Showcase that there's a lot of good talent out there in the women's division. And it, didn't we come a long way from 20 years ago? Because we grew up in the Attitude Era, and you knew how the women's wrestling was portrayed then. I mean, in 20 years, we came a long way.
1: Yeah, that is true. Definitely true.
0: All right. Um. Of course, after the match, we will get to this real quick. After the match, Talia talked about how excited she was to be back in Mexico. Of course, she spoke the language. I don't know exactly what she said. Fully They didn't, you know, translate that. But uh, obviously, she was talking to the crowd. She addressed the homecoming incident and how Killer Cross ruined her great night for her and her husband Johnny Impact. Uh, then she addressed Tessa Blanchard, saying once she gets out, once uh, she has done her suspension, uh, when she returns they will finish their business and of course the business is uh tessa you know feels like she was right because of what gal did she interfered costing her the title um my quick question for you mm-hmm. as a fan if you were a booker how would you ha- see tessa coming back on her suspension and further in the story storyline I mean, there's um, so many cheap ways you could not cheap. I guess, that's a bad choice of words. There's so obvious ways they could do it. Do you can you see if there's anything special they could do to uh, bring her back?
1: Well, I think that they could because um, there was already like the segment. There was a, a thing where um, online that actually showed Tessa saying that. Her suspension was lifted on February, I think, 15th. 15th,
0: which is their uh, next special, yeah.
1: Right. So I'm thinking that if for it, it to bring her back, either as um, if you're wanting to do something specific, like bigger, either bring her back immediately into a championship match or bring her back and call someone else the title. Just so that she could, um, like, say, for instance, somebody else is fighting Taya, but she wants to, um, and so she could either cost Taya the title or cost someone else the title, which would then, too, further her storyline with Gail Kim, uh, with Gail Kim being in charge of the knockouts division.
0: All right. Um, I have a way If you wondering. You're saying cost someone a title, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and we saw what happened at the Royal Rumble that you're going to see possibly more in the gender. I think it's time. I don't think it's a bad thing. And sometimes a woman can beat a man's ass, okay? Let's be honest. Look what happened to our truth on Sunday at Royal Rumble. Um, what if there was a way that she could, in a way, somehow, some way, what if it was to hit him with a belt, hit him with a chair or something, costing Johnny Impact the championship and allowing Brian Cage to win? Yes, it's not hurting Tyler directly, but it's her husband that you cost you cost him the title. Could it be a way that they could have go? Would that be a, a different way to come about it? That you know, she's back on the fifteenth because they announced it the fifteenth. He's speaking for life on that one. Thank you. Yes, yes, I got bullied. I've been bullied. By
1: women.
0: <laughs> I'm still being bullied by women. All right, it's my wife. Um. <laughs> No, is there a way, like, I mean, if she was to cost him the title and, Brian, you know, allowing Brian Cage to win, because like you said, she's, her suspension's lifted the 15th, they announced that at Uncaged that Impact will be defending his title against Brian Cage. Is there a way that they can do that? Because she doesn't necessarily have to be in a match, she, but she's back from suspension and she could cause an issue. She could cause someone the title.
1: True, but I don't see that specifically being a way to advance the other part of the feud with her and Gail Kim.
0: Okay. All right. well, oh, well. yeah, yeah, because that is the thing. I, well, that's... I get what you're saying with that. Um. Yeah, I kind of missed the boat because uh, I know they, they still have business. It's just like they're they finishing up with... <clears throat> pardon me. They're finishing up uh, Cage and Impact. I think that at Cage that's going to happen. And they're setting up with another storyline. Do you think that they could further the storyline with Taya and uh, Tessa. Finish that, and then you get the Gail Kim. You'll still keep Gail Kim in the mix, but you obviously got to have a conclusion to that storyline because they really didn't... They had that match, but it was a result of Gail Kim, you know, her right. losing the title. So I don't know if they do go that route. I was just curious, like, if they were to do it, could they do it that way?
1: Um, It's possible... But um again, like I say, I think with the, the whole Tessa and Gail Kim storyline, mm-hmm. I think it would be more of a or uh, it would be better if it had something to do with um a knockout or the knockouts championship just to further that particular storyline. Um not saying that that your idea um, wouldn't be a good idea because it could still further the Taya storyline. But mm. um, what the, what I think they're pushing to more right now is, Gail is Kim. the Gail Kim storyline. Okay. So it wouldn't, I don't think it would be good as far as that one. All
0: right. I mean, it, you could be dead right on that. I, I'm just wondering if they could do something different with that. All right. Well, um, Let's go, uh, let's move along. Uh, like I said, I can't wait to see what they do with that. That is, uh, I, I like things like that. The suspense of how they're going to bring her back. Uh, and of course, we'll see mm-hmm. that on the 15th. Um, of course, they go into commercial and they come back from commercial with a Scarlet Bordeaux training video. Um, they basically showed a video package of Scarlet training and getting ready for the first match. Um, they finished a segment with them announcing that she will be debuting in three weeks. <clears throat> Any thoughts on uh, the announcement?
1: No, I think, I mean, it was just one of those um, trying to keep her relevant until she actually does her debut and trying to keep her you know, on television until she actually does make that debut. So I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, I'm not going to say it was like huge and super, anything like that, but I don't see anything wrong with it because it was a way of, you know, keeping her involved as far as TV is concerned until she actually does make her debut.
0: Yeah, the one thing I liked, and we discussed this last week, is the fact that she hasn't done a match yet, and she is pretty much over in the uh, Impact community. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I go in the chat as far as their Discord server, uh, their, their chat in the uh, Twitch channel, and of course Twitter. I mean, I talk with people on Twitter too, um, and I mean, there's a lot of positivity as far as, like, Scarlett Bordeaux. I know what she's doing. She's trying to be scandalous. And, you know, it's interacting things from 20 years ago to what women wrestling is today. Uh, That's what they're trying to do. And I see their approach. And I I agree. You you don't have to completely dump everything from, like, 20 years ago, the attitude era, the sexiness. You could still have that and still have them be ass kickers. I mean, it's possible. Uh Um, But the thing pretty much capped this off, it just, it was, I love how, they, not one match, not one match, and you saw a lot of character development. A lot of character development. And it's funny, because you got other promotions, even the big dogs that fail to do that. That's why, you know, they're going to be losing talent soon. But this one, I think they did a tremendous, tremendous, Uh, uh, it was a tremendous way to, showcase her talents more than just in the ring now you're going to see that but you got to see the character development and what she's able to do verbally now you're going to see it physically in three weeks uh do you have anything else to add with that
1: no i think that's that's exactly it
0: okay ah, well let's go right into it now we had a we had the video packaging package and then we go into a tag team competition between the rascals and the desi hit squad uh desmond xavier and zachary once uh represented the rascals in this match uh Desi Hit Squad came off uh coming off the heat they got for trying to stop Scarlet Lord from doing her little lap dance a couple weeks ago. Um It was a good tag team match with a lot of innovative uh offensive maneuvers. Uh the Desi Hit Squad showed their speed and power combination, which uh, I like. Uh we'll get into that in a second. But of course the Desi Hit Squad came up short, but the Rascals getting the win with the push moonsault. My my first question for you, and, and it was probably one of the longest matches of the night. It was pretty long. Um, what would you think of the match?
1: Um, I actually enjoyed the match. I thought that it actually went over very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it actually was able to showcase both uh, tag teams and showcase what both could do, um, but also was a great way to, Put over the rascals, because um, right now they are just their money as far as um, their in ring work is concerned. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. Um,
0: well, who was your favorite? Who out of the three? If you have one favorite, who's your favorite?
1: Um, it's hard to say. Um. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah, be really. Cool. Right now, it's hard to say. I would maybe lean more towards Desmond Xavier just because I know what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard to say that there is a true, clear-cut favorite of the three.
0: I I like Trey Miguel the most out of the three. As far as tag team, I think they should stick with Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. And singles keep Trey Miguel as a singles guy. Because seeing the matches that he has had, and I, I know because they do mix it up, though, but um, my favorite is uh, Trey Miguel out of three. Um, anyways, um, yeah, this is, uh, of course, the first time we, since we started this podcast that we've seen the He Hit Squad uh, compete on TV. I want to get your thoughts real quick uh, on the Desi Hit Squad Because, I mean, we covered all the other tag teams in the tag team division so far. Um, but we haven't covered this one. So what do you think about them?
1: Um, I actually think that they um, are a good tag team. I think that they, at least from seeing them last night, they work really well together. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting to see more. I want to see them give us more. I would love to see them in a match against a team like the Lucha Brothers or LAX, um, one of the top teams in the division. Not saying that the Rascals aren't, but I don't think that they've produced the matches on that level as just yet, um consistently. And so what I wanna see is is the Desi Hit squad in a tag team match against a Lucha Brothers or a um LAX and give them a good, you know, 15 20 minutes and let them showcase what they can really do in the match and then see where it goes from there
0: i think that it's possible that they could be in a match with like lucha brothers because you know they're going to be in another match with uh lax but i mean you could develop the story without having them you know do what they do on like wwe where you got to have them you know matches every week and it takes away from the main match at the pay-per-view um one of the matches, yeah, you could put Desi Hit Squad with them. I do like the speed combination with the power. It's just it's two different styles and they come together. Opposites do attract, and they it can produce gold. And with that, you get the Desi Hit Squad. I enjoyed their matches. Got me saying, you know, he, he's a legend in the wrestling world. There's no, <laughs> for people don't know, that guy is a very accomplished wrestler. Um, the exactly. manager for the Desi Hit Squad, and yeah, these two man, I'm I'm enjoying their matches and. I was actually excited. I'm like, oh, they're on the show. Good. We finally get to talk about them. They haven't been since we started the show. We're on our fourth episode, and we haven't uh, been able to talk about them. And here we are talking about them. And I I was excited to talk about that. It was a very good match. I enjoyed it. Um, But, of course, you know, the Rascals, man, never cease to amaze. They're very, very exciting to watch. And this is like tag team wrestling. I love tag team wrestling. And I, I argue this is probably the best division. In wrestling. In wrestling. I, uh, I could challenge anyone. Find another promotion with a better th- tag team division. mm mm-hmm. uh, People will probably, hey, WWE. Okay. They got a few good ones. But just about every tag team in this division and impact is, could be up there. Okay, that's my opinion. You could have a different opinion, everyone in chat can have a different opinion. I love the tag team division and how they use the attack, they do storytelling with the tag team division. They don't do that in many promotions, they really don't. They just throw together here you go, here's the tag match, do something. They do storytelling along with that. So, I I always enjoyed that. That's (laughs) so, um, going from there, do you have anything to add to that tag team match before we move forward?
1: Um, no, I think it actually, like you stated, um, it's, it's an excellent way, um, that they've been being used to, to tell stories in that mm-hmm. tag division and mm-hmm. just want to, you know, keep that going, don't want that to stop at um, uh, at all because that's when the whole division starts to lose momentum,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And I would like to see because, of course, we'll cover uh, uh the news. Um, we, we got two new people in creative, I wonder how they're gonna. You know approach the uh, tag team division how they're gonna handle it but of course we'll get into that later in the show all right so let's move along now uh, we got Ethan Page going up against Trey Miguel my favorite out of the three of the Rationals. Um, early in the match Ethan Page showed how athletic he is as well he showed off his strength in this match he controlled a good portion of the match but of course Ethan had the upper hand until Trey Miguel countered one of Ethan's moves with a modified neck breaker very innovative that was followed by uh, a lot of uh, a lot of innovative <laughs> offensive maneuvers. I, I gotta stop using that word. Uh, Trey then finished off Page with a uh, spin and DDT for the one two three. Um, I mean, it, it was a match that was to showcase both of their talents. There was nothing storyline wise. Maybe they could go with something storyline wise, but uh, overall, what did you think of the match?
1: Um, I thought it was a good match. I think um, that it was a way to um showcase both mm-hmm. um but still try to get Ethan over a little bit more um seeing that Trey's already as over as he is yeah so i think it was it was a good way to showcase the talents of both mm-hmm. um and still try to push you know push Ethan a little bit more so that people will get behind him as either you know either being the face or the heel Um, get, you know, either giving him the pop or the heat with either way Um, that, but that's what you want to do because with a character like he is, and especially with him being all, you know, it being all about his ego. um, You want to get that, that reaction. Um, Having in wrestling, having no reaction is even worse than having, you know, a big reaction um having a lot of heat um so you know that's one thing that that he needs right now and it it was a good way to do that
0: yeah ethan page at one point did look at the camera and said are you watching well we're wondering who he's saying that to but i guess see, this is where we're going to find out if he's going to be putting the program who he's going to be putting a program with i think he has the potential to be a great heel a great heel um The all ego thing that that, that's I was gonna go to. I feel a heelish side of him. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, the the guy, he could do, he's like Brian Cage. He could do a lot of the big moves that the Cruiserweights could do, but he also has a strength. He's a big guy, he's not a small guy. Um, My only thing is now, knowing the news, of course, we'll cover it later about um, with, um, uh, um, oh my God. Yes. Hold on a second.
1: Hold on. Okay. Yeah, so I think it was that match was an excellent way to put both wrestlers over without really um, showcasing one over the other. (laughs) I know, right? Um, But yeah, I think that that was an excellent way for that to happen. I think that... um, You know, it could have been done differently, but, and then too, if you do it any differently, it's not going to help either one of those. So I think that was the perfect way for that to be handled, in my opinion.
0: Okay. I'm sorry about that. I'm back. Um, um, No problem. Now, where I was at, I'm sorry. I'll have to, um, of course, I'll have to cut that. Uh, Now, what I was going with. He's obviously going to do some development. Uh, Ethan Page. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly for the fact that he... He was being mentored by Matt Sidell. And knowing that he's injured and the possibility of him not coming back. He's really going to have to rely on himself to build himself up in any way he needs. Of course, he'll get the guidance from the you know the creative. But he's got to do it himself. It's not like WWE where it's everything micromanaged. He's got to do it. He's got to get himself heat. He's got to get himself over. Um, I think he has it in him. I think it'd be a great heel for the uh, for the company. Um, yeah, that's uh that's what I was getting to with that. Before I had to stop for a second. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um, oh no
0: problem. So no, I mean <clears throat> it was a good match. Of course, Troy McGill got the victory, but a, a loss is not a bad for especially when you're a heel. I mean, nine. What would you say? Nine out of ten times, the heel would lose against a, 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 a face. I mean, yeah you don't always get the victory, and when you do, you're pretty much not doing it cleanly, it's rare if you get that in, uh, pro wrestling today. but, um, uh, yeah, like I said, despite the match, it wasn't to tell the story, um, well, not building a story between them two, it was just a good pro wrestling match, and Trey McHale came out on top, all right, so let's go into the main event of the evening, um, yeah, Killer Cross, challenging Johnny Impact for the Impact World Championship, um, Johnny Impact is trying to get retribution for what happened at homecoming. And, of course, in their DQ match, no DQ match, uh, two weeks ago, where uh, Moose helped uh, Killer Cross defeat him, Um, Impact started the match in a really aggressive manner, which was expected. Uh, The numbers came into effect as the distraction from Moose allowed Cross to uh, get the upper hand. Mm -hmm. After having control for a good portion of the match, Johnny Impact started to mount a comeback. But Johnny was setting up to land the Starship Pain to finish off Cross, but then he rolled out. And when Impact attempted to move, uh, Cross then threw Impact in the uh, Cross jacket. Then out of nowhere, Brian Cage came out and attacked Cross, and then the match. Uh, cage also attacked everyone else in sight. Moose, Impact, um, after the scuffle, Cross and Moose retreated. The show pretty much ended with uh, Impact raising the turtle in front of a Cage. And they get... a pretty much in the argument for me they uh ended a show with that with them in the middle of the ring, arguing so with the match what did you think of the match
1: um I actually thought that it was an excellent uh back and forth match it was it was good it it allowed um, both wrestlers to do what they do best and it mm-hmm. also allowed cross to um to to put himself in a position that you thought he may win um, because of the fact of countering basically countering the Starship Pain twice in the match, it allowed him to um, be in that position where you're like, okay, he's got Johnny's number. Let's see if this is gonna happen. And um, so I I think that it was it was good. I think it was um, not quite on par with impact and brian cage but it i think that it was still a great match for um the amount of time that they had um what they put into the match and i think this one was on par with the match that they had previously so um nothing really bad to say about the match
0: it was a good match it wasn't as long as the no dq match they only had like 13 minutes to put this match on But I Mm -hmm. think they did what they had to do. It was a great match in that short amount of time. Exactly. Um, Kill Cross, man. Regardless, he he looks he's gold. I like what he does. I like everything he has done. I like Impact, but Cross, man, really shows his strength. And that's the thing. Like Impact will put an an onslaught of maneuvers on him, and then Mm -hmm. Cross he will sell, but but he does pop up. It shows that, that he you know he's inhuman in a way. Um, hold on a second.
1: This this kid, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah. No, I I just like it because Killer Cross. He shows that he's kind of like inhuman in a way. Like like mm-hmm. you saw in that D- no DQ match where he did that moonsault with the chairs, and then he popped up after that. But again, right. you can stop him. He can be stopped because he does sell. He doesn't completely no sell. He sells. Um So, uh, in conclusion, no, um Is there anything else you got to say about that match? You want to finalize uh, the show?
1: Um no, I think I think it was a gr- um I think it was a great match. It was a great way to close out the show. Mm-hmm. Um the show was consistent top to bottom. So, I think that uh, this was a great way to close out the show um, as far as the match is concerned, as far as the ending was concerned as well, because the ending just furthered, you know, the whole storyline that's been going on. So um, it was a great way to keep everything going and keep everything moving in the the direction that they wanted to move in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they did. As far as this, now you know that they're gonna, you know, have a tag match next week with Impact and Cage and Cross and Moose. Um, you see, you're gonna see like a switch of storylines after this is all done. Um, whether it's if Cage is still, got, you know, if he's gonna be champion or is Impact gonna retain, but yeah, you might see like a switch in like storylines here, where you're gonna have Cross. In cage, moose and impact, or it could go. You know, they have them all intertwined, but it mm-hmm. does it does work. It, it's not a cluster. We said that last week that how, how they put them all together, but it's not a clusterfuck. It, it, it works. It, it makes sense, and they're setting up. And this is the long term storytelling that they're really good at. Um, th- that's it right there. And we'll see where they come with it, how they come about it, and further it. But um, yeah, this match, it, it was. It was personal but also the title was on the line and even though it Mm -hmm. ended in uh, no contest uh, it still told a great story. Um, Cross wants that opportunity to be world champion, impact, wanted revenge on him for what he did to his wife and at the end it was gold and yeah like you said a perfect way to end the show. Okay well now that we're done with covering the show let's go with the conclusion. and what we do at the conclusion of the show is we rate it from one to five. Last week we had a pretty good rating. The highest rating was uh, la- uh, the first week uh, that they were on uh, Twitch. And um, so one to five, what do you give my friend, this week?
1: Um, I'm gonna say, um, gonna say a three point seven five, and only because it's not that they did anything bad at all. Um they continued to put on a great show it's just again it's hard it's going to be hard for them to top that very first episode Um, so I think that I don't think that other than you know maybe one or two spots that were a little botchy um, other than that I think it was an excellent show top to bottom Um, I think that even with you know, um, even continuing the the other storyline in the Knockouts division with Jordan Grace and uh, including Jordan Grace in that with Allie and uh, Sue Young and Rosemary, um, I think that everything was good in the way that they did it. It's just going to be hard to top that very first show.
0: Yeah, of course you had it. You know, you had him. Excuse the pun, make an impact. <laughs> um, going on the new network, going on the Twitch, and try to maintain the audience. Um, mm-hmm. My rating is a shot, I was going to go 3.5. Um, it was still great. You had great matches. You had the A talent in incredible matches with Taya and uh, and, and helping out uh, Rich Swan. Um, you had a good match between Ethan Page and um, and uh, Trey McGill. Of course, they had the great match for the world title. Um, To me, and I, I said this last time, they should get rid of that GWN, you know, match of the week. Because if you take that away, that 13-minute match with Impact and Cross could have went longer. Um mm-hmm. That Richard Swan match, that open amount I think that could have went a few minutes longer. It was such a good match that when it ended, I was actually disappointed. I was like, oh, man, I wish they... It was such a good match. I was enjoying it. I was upset they actually ended it. <laughs> so, I, I, that's the only thing that takes it away from me. Um, but, I give it a 3.5. It's not a bad show. It was still a good show. It's just, uh, some way we could get to him, but like, get rid of that. Just get rid of that segment. There's no need for that. You have the Twitch channel, which you have your weekly show on, where they could just watch it then. Mm-hmm. Not during the two hours that you have, where you could really display your talent now. Not, worry about your talent that you did have, and some that abandoned you to go on the WWE. That's all I got to say about that. It, other than that, again, it was an incredible show, but yeah, that's one thing that kills oh, right. me for it. it that, that, no, that kills me. I,
1: I completely understand. Um, I do think that, you know, they do it for a reason. What? Um, I mean, I do, and I do understand that they're trying to push the app to an extent. Yeah, But I do also understand that sometimes you can do it as a detriment to yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, um, that it could be done differently, not show so much of a match mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Sometimes I do think that they show too much of a match. Um, so, yeah, I think other than that, I think everything was good. And I think that they would, um, th- like I said, I think that it's just with them right now. It's hard to top that very first show that they had. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, it's gonna be very hard because they really like jam packed that show with incredible mm-hmm. matches, and rightfully so. If you like, I said, if you want to make it impact right play, that's the way you do it. All right. right. Well, let's go right on to the next segment. The segment, uh, and that is of course. The Impactful Three. Um, that's our weekly segment where we do the top three superstars uh, on Impact. And we rank them as far as the performance on the show. Um, you want to start off this week?
1: Um, Yeah, I can start it off. All right, I ahead. think my top three will be um, the Rascals just because all three members of the Rascals had excellent matches this week. Um, So I think that my top three will start off with them as a group. Um, My next, my second would be, um, I would have to say my second would possibly be Killer Cross Mm -hmm. just because he continues to play his character so well and it showed again in that main event match. And then my number one would be Rich mm-hmm. Um, Just because he continues to do to have excellent matches and also continues to uh, advance that storyline so well.
0: Okay. Well, we pretty much got the same ones. Uh, number three I put is the Rascals, an incredible tag team match with uh, Desi Head Squad. Um, Papa Smart, thank you for the host on uh, Twitch. Um, yeah, I just see it was an incredible tag team match. You know how I'm a sucker for a good tag team match, and they did not disappoint. and They got a huge victory on a great tag team of the Desi Hit squad. Number two, I'm with you, killer cross character development, incredible match. Um, really showed strength. And I mean, no matter what, you think you could take the big man down, he pops right back up. But again, he does have great psychology where he can show, you know, he could sell, he can sell. Um, so, that's my number two. And, of course, number one is Rich Swann. Uh, facing uh, Diho Del Vecchino, if I got it correctly, uh, of the AAA. I mean, he is a phenom there. Uh, and going up against a great talent like that, getting a good victory, going 15 minutes in an incredible match to start off the show. Um, I don't see anyone that did a better performance than Rich Swan, And that is my number one of the impactful three of the week. <coughs> All right. Now... We, we kind of discussed this on the um, Discord server uh, for Impact Wrestling, the official Impact Wrestling Discord server uh, this past week, and I, I put a question out there just to get the you know, general feeling of what people think they're going to see the uh, company going in next year. So I put, what are your early end-of-the-year predictions? Who would be Impact champion? Who would be Knockout champion, the Tag Team champions, and the X-Division champion, and maybe a surprise moment of the year? um and i was like you know what let's put that into the show so if you want if you want to start off or would you like me to start it off um
1: um you can go ahead and go first
0: okay all right um basically this is as far as where i see it at the end of the year so at december 31st this is your champion and my surprise moment of the year i as far as the impact world champion i have brian cage I think he will win it, and he's gonna hold it for a good period of time. I'm not saying that impact was a transitional champion um because he held it for quite a bit and by the time, if he were if he were to lose it two weeks from now at uncaged, which is February fifteenth he would have held the title for four months. I don't consider that a transitional champion. A transitional champions maybe a month, maybe two. So I see Brian Cage winning the title and holding it at the end of the year. Knockout champion mm-hmm. I see Jordan Graves. And right now, she's teaming up with um, Kira Hogan, going up against, you know, Allie, Dark Alley, Rosemary, and uh, Sue Young, the dark side. <laughs> um, <laughs> I see her uh, being an Impact World Champion because you, you got Taya, you got Tessa, you got a lot of great woman talent. But to me, if you've seen Jordan Grace and her uh, when she was in Indies, man, it, she's not going to be held back long. I see her by the end of the year being a knockout champion. Of course, the uh, tag team champions, I see the Lucha Brothers being the tag team champions, and people go, really? Lucha Brothers? Yes. Because Ray Phoenix and and Pentagon Jr. both said they're not worried about being a world champion right now. They're enjoying being tag champions. They're tag champions in MLW. They're tag... uh, Pursuing the tag team championship here in uh, in wrestling, and at the end of the year, I do see them being tag champions. Um, they're going to be probably in a lengthy program with LAX, and result in uh, them following dethroning the champions. And um, yeah, at the end of the year, I see them being world cha- uh, world tag champions. My X division champion at the end of the year, I see Trey Miguel. And again, I'm a mark for I guess someone a mark for Trey Miguel. <laughs> um, I enjoy his matches, but at the end of the year. I see him beating Rich Swan and becoming the X-Division champion. And my surprise moment of the year, despite that she's in that program against Dark Alley, Rosemary, and Sinyoung, my surprise moment is Troy Miguel. I I mean, sorry, Jordan Grace joining the dark side. Sorry, I got like a test pass and that distracted me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see Jordan Grace joining the dark side and then helping her uh, achieve the goal of uh, even though she's strong but it, you would have the you know rosemary you would have that stable helping her become a uh, knockout champion so that is my surprise moment of the year um so what what are your early predictions of what's going to happen by the end of the year
1: okay well um i don't see um well i think that Brian Cage will be impact world champ by the, by the end of the year um, I think that will actually come probably before the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see the uh, the Lucha Brothers actually um, eventually winning the tag titles, okay. but I also see the Rascals winning the tag titles before the end of the year. Um,
0: wow, really? Yeah. So you see, um, you like you see the Lucha Brothers and them dropping it to them uh, to the Rascals.
1: I think that the Lucha brothers could win the titles because I think what's going to happen is that by the next big pay-per-view, I think the Lucha brothers will um, eventually drop the titles. I mean, win the titles. Mm-hmm. And then I think that even if they end up at some point dropping them back to LAX, I think one of those teams will eventually, could possibly drop the titles to um to the Rascals by the Mm -hmm. end of the year. Okay. Um, Not to say it's going to happen, you know, within the first six months, but I think that eventually um, that it could happen. Okay. Um, I think that um, it is a good possibility that either Jordan Grace or Rosemary win the knockout title by the end of the year. And I think that as far as the X Division champion, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's not Ethan Page by the end of the year.
0: Wow, you're going with Ethan Page for the push. All right, all right, that's a good pick. If it was a Trey Miguel, I would probably go with Ethan Page. Yeah, but um, I, I, I I'm such a fan of Trey Miguel, I could see him being the guy. Or like I said, they could probably do the free uh freebird rule with the tag titles and Trey Miguel will be a part of that, and uh. Ethan Page could be your X-Division champion. So, I can see that possibly happening. That's a good pick, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I said, I, I'm a fan of Trey McGill. I think he we will probably throw him a bone, give him a push, and give him the X-Division title. And maybe that could happen from now on there. And maybe, he, like, Ethan Page, by the end of the year, coming out, you know, beating him for the title. Uh, that's a good pick. I, I do like that. All right. Well, that's what we see at the end of the year. Of course, if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, please comment who do you see uh, being the Impact World Champion, X Division, the Tag Team, and, the, and the, um Knockouts Champion, and your surprise moment of the year, so make sure, what, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, uh, we would like to see your predictions and put them in the comments below. All right, let's go into uh, the final segment of the show, and of course, it's From the Wire, and this is a segment where we're anything that happened in the, uh, like news-wise, um, and we had a couple of major... New stories come out in the world of uh, Impact Wrestling, and that of course, the first one we're going to cover real quick is the departure of Sanjay Dutt and Abyss both going to the WWE. And it was reported last week that they will be leaving Impact for the World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, details are that they will be joining Jeremy. They won't be joining Jeremy Barash on the NXT level, but to be on the main roster as producers. Uh, it was also reported that Conan and Tommy Dreamer will be taking over their positions at Creative. Uh, Conan has experience. Uh, he's been booking AAA for plenty of years, well over 20, I think, at this point. And Tommy mm-hmm. Dreamer did uh, a lot of backstage work for ECW, and he currently runs his own promotion right now, The House of Hardcore. Um, and my question for you is uh, how do you feel about the departures of Abyss and Sanjay Dutt? And, uh, we'll get into the replacements right after that. So, how did you feel about when you heard when you heard the news about Abyss and Sanjay Dutt leaving, uh, Impact Wrestling?
1: I think that it, um, they it could be a big loss just simply for the reason that um you know abyss is was you know unspokenly one of the people that you would consider the heart of impact wrestling he was Mm. the one person on the on the roster that had been there since the first year of its inception Mm -hmm. um
0: yeah 2002 man that's
1: a long time and then sanjay dutt um was one of those also that had been there for in and out of the company for years had always you know had that open door where he could come back um still to the to this point from what they were saying um and so it still allowed um i think it's gonna it could possibly hurt Um, I know Sanjay had done some great work working with the X division, but I think that those guys can could, could handle that, you know, to an extent themselves. So I think it's, it's, it's going to be a hit, but, um, I do think that, you know, it could work out eventually for both sides. Yeah. Given about the replacements, um,
0: it is the same because the business has been there since day one. And that was a company that back in 2006 where WWE was trying to lure him in then to go up against The Undertaker. That was their, you know, their WrestleMania match. And he showed his loyalty. I'm not saying he's being disloyal now. It just, it showed the loyalty he had for the company. And I guess after seven, almost 17 years, he felt it was time to go. And we, I, of course, wish him best of luck as well as Sanjay Dub. And great point of what you said about Sanjay Dutt is the fact, yeah, he's like the founding fathers of the X Division and the work he has done for that division. And it it gives people, like, the size, you know. They may not be the biggest guys, but they get really still a show. I was always a fan of the X Division matches, the Ultimate X. I mean, he pretty much... Kept, you know he he started it, and over the years, whether he left and came back, he he kept it relevant. It kept it fresh, and he he did a good job. These are the two guys that did a great job creatively for this company in the last year. Um, mm-hmm. you may see a little bit of difference in the storytelling. You may not. I'm sure we will, because everyone has their own way of telling a story. Not necessarily saying it's a bad thing or a good thing, but you may see a difference. And um, it sucks that they're going to the WWE. Um. But, and, and, hey, when opportunity arises, would you take it? Of course. <laughs> there you go. And so, yeah, of course, we're uh, wishing the best of luck. Now, we talked about them and how it, it does suck that we see that they're going. But how do you feel about the replacements of uh, Conan and Tommy Dreamer taking over Creator for uh, Impact Wrestling?
1: Um, I think that they're going to be great. I mean, not... 'Cause for one, you have to remember that Tommy not only worked backstage for ECW, yeah. um, but Tommy also worked backstage for WWE before he left there. Yeah. Um yeah. and this is not Tommy's first time um you know, even helping with uh the booking in TNA to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I think that um I think that both bring certain expertise to the to the table. Um and they will be able to help um you know with different things, different angles, different a different way to look at things. So I mm-hmm. think that both of them have the potential to be great um acquisitions as far as the booking is concerned. It's just kind of a wait and see where it goes kind of uh, position at this point.
0: Hmm. Um, I agree with you as far as that. Uh, Conan, um, I think it w- him being part of creative would probably bring in more international talent. I think he could have mm-hmm. an influence for that, which would be a great thing for Impact. Um, it would build more depth into the roster. Um, and Tommy Dreamer could tell a great story. He really can. He has a real passion for the business. If you listen to him on Busted Open Radio when he uh, fills it in for Bully Ray when he can't be on the show... You just hear the Mm -hmm. passion that he has and the thing he is like historically like he'll talk about historical events and he gets goosebumps when he tells a story guys like that you want a part of your creative because they really will pay attention a lot of attention to detail and that's one thing we always compliment about impact wrestling is that attention to detail and he's the guy he would be the perfect guy for that i'm excited for where they're going to go where they go from here um conan great mind for wrestling Guy Started at 15 years old, and look what he's accomplished in his years. It, the only thing I'm upset is that he never had that chance at WWE. You, of course, hear the story back in the past. Uh, it's something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard. He brought it up that he said, K Dog, he called up and said, Hey, K Dog here. And he was wondering if he, you know, can meet up with Vince and uh, and, and see if there was anything he could do. Of course, this was right before the fall of the WCW, it was pretty much falling. But he wanted to jump ship before you know it happened, mm-hmm. and because Bruce Pritchard was not familiar with the nickname K Dog, he wasn't. He didn't know that was Conan the whole time. Just told him to send a video and blah 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 on your resume, and we'll get back to you. And that pissed him off. <laughs> Just imagine if he was able to get into the WWE, what he could have done there. But um, overall, I mean, the guy has a great mind, and so does Tommy Dreamer. And yeah, I did forget to put the point that yes, he did work for WWE. And he did some uh, creative work there. But a lot of the success of ECW was because of him. Um, mm-hmm. Even Paul, Paul Heyman has said that. Like, he, he had a lot of control creatively there. Um, so for everyone that says, oh, Paul Heyman was a great mind for ECW. He did this. Not necessarily true. Tom Jr. had a lot to do with that as well. And that's why, you know, they, did, they had tremendous success over the years. All right. Um, do you have anything to add to that before we go into the other news story? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Well, let's go right into the other story that we found out this week. Um, Matt Saddell. Not only is injured. Um, he reported that Um, in a series of tweets, and we'll get to that in a second, but he's also a free agent. And, um, yeah, as of right now, he is a free agent. It has been reported by Dave Meltzer of the, of the Wrestling Observer that he has offers from both WWE and AEW. Uh, he is currently on the shelf right now with a torn cartilage in his name. He's awaiting on a date to repair his knee and he in the tweet in the series of tweets that he put out there he's expected to be back in by April um my question for you in April mm-hmm. do you see him back in the impact ring
1: mm, I think it's a possibility um it's gonna probably depend on what kind of offer the WWE gave him as far as um, where he's going to work, you know, if he's going to go to to um, NXT or if he's going to go to 205 Live yeah. or, you know, it's going to depend on that. It's going to depend on money. Um, it's also going to, you know, so it's going to depend on him him uh, passing his physical once his injury is is better. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to depend on all of that um, because right now he's kind of in that uh, Shelton Benjamin limbo as far as when Shelton was first getting ready to come back to WWE and he got hurt, hurt his shoulder and had to have surgery and it kept him out for almost another year Mm -hmm. before he actually did make his return. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yeah. That 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 is a horrible thing because it, it's like damaged goods. That's what you consider right now. Because even though it's not, not a major thing, it really isn't. It's a simple procedure. It's going to take time. To, a couple months to recover. He if he's saying back by April, I'm we're gonna well, actually he said March or April, but it'll probably be more likely April that he'll be returning. Um, that's a few months. I mean, it could happen. And um, the thing with that is, I feel he will be an impact. I feel that they will put a good enough offer. Um, WWE, I understand you got 205 Live, you got an NXT and all. But once you make it up to the main roster, even if you went to 205 Live, what would it do for him? I They got too many people over there in WWE. I don't think he... he I think he, he would be pushed as a bigger guy over an impact. And he already has. Wasn't he a, a, a grand champion at one point? Am I correct? Um... I think he's held the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so he's held the title. I mean, he, he's had opportunities. I do like this whole third eye thing he's doing. It's something uh, different. It's to build-up a character. He's building the character of um uh, uh, of uh, either page. He, it's his protege. Um, overall, I think he would have more opportunities, but there is a possibility. You got that new shiny toy over there in Jacksonville that might lure him over there. I think it would yeah. be a tremendous blow for him to leave Impact. I think he has a lot more to offer uh, with Impact, especially a company that's starting to go back to the... It's on the rise again. I, I feel it. A lot of people in the wrestling world feel that. Um, overall, I mean, if you think he goes to either WWE or AEW, how much of impact do you think it would be for him to leave the company?
1: Mm, um, I don't... At this stage in his career, I don't see it being a huge, huge impact. Oh, really? Um, It would be a loss, but there are so many other wrestlers that are coming in, stepping up, um, that I don't know. I mean, it would be a loss, and it would be a big loss. Mm -hmm. But at this stage in his career, I don't see him as that superstar that you just can't live without.
0: Oh, I, 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 would say this though. Not as far as like being the top guy. Cause I, obviously, yeah, like you said, he's about 38. He's at that age where he, he's pretty much on the back end of his career. And it's not a bad thing, but, um, as far as veteran leadership, it, he's a guy that is accomplished. He's done a lot in WWE in the past and he had tremendous success here at impact. I think it would be good for the younger guys to uh, learn from him Uh, He has experience, and he has a good mind. You can tell he has a good mind for wrestling. Um, That's why I think it would be a major loss. Um, Of course, you have a lot of other veterans, Eli Drake and all, but here's a guy that's been around and was accomplished all all the way around. So that's why I feel it would be a a tremendous loss for the company, losing a guy like that that could help the younger talent get over Like I said, I was enjoying the work he was doing with Ethan Drake. uh, Ethan Drake, Ethan Page. I apologize for that. Ethan Page. I I like what he was doing with him, and I know he was probably learning a lot. And I'm sure he would say that. It's things like that I would, uh, you know, that it would hurt them. That's why I see it being a loss. Um, I don't know. uh, Do you have anything else to say with that?
1: No. Like I said, I completely understand what you were saying. I like I stated. I just don't. And I wasn't stating that he wasn't... That's why I stated it. It's not that he's not going to be a big loss. um, Because losing a superstar of his caliber um, at any time is a loss. Mm -hmm. But it's not... He's not that... For lack of a better word, cornerstone of the company Mm -hmm. um, that you can't afford to lose. He's not a johnny impact or brian cage or killer cross yeah you know he's not that on that level at this point in his career no. that you can't afford to lose him and make take a hit to an extent but still be able to bounce back with replacing him with another somebody else hmm.
0: all right no i get your point I, i'm just saying as far as the loss to me it, it's veteran leadership that's why i say we're being a complete yeah. loss, but no, I get your point and you have a very valid point with that but I mean oh,
1: it,
0: it remains to be seen, where he'll end up in April, at, but again as of right now, he is a free agent, and we'll see where he goes um, and if WWE and AEW take him on, man, that's a hell of a game for a man that's on the shelf, but again, it, it's a minor procedure, I mean it could, mm-hmm. it's an easy fix um, but I would like to see him still an impact uh, when, when April comes Alright, well that is it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. We do appreciate everyone that popped in here. Um for the people that are watching on Twitch, uh, of course Forest Nature, Get Jones, IWA Blaze, Nighthawks 24, uh, Your Boy 420, and of course uh D Shep, which is the co-host of the Go Home Wrestling Show. Um, and plenty of others that popped in throughout the broadcast and Papa Smart for the host. Um, you can watch us live um on either Periscope, Twitch, youtube and mixer and if you can't catch us live you can listen to the podcast on itunes itunes google podcast stitcher spotify overcast anchor fm and soundcloud and now you can catch the shows on fight tv so if you have the fight tv app we will be posting this video it will be available tomorrow morning all right It'd allow it 18 to 24 hours to um for it to go through. That's usually the process. And then when we're not live, you can catch it. You can talk with us on Twitter. I'm at wrestling underscore go. He's at the great one, nine, nine, nine. That's the GR eight, 1999. Thank you for tuning in. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Peace.